Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday afternoon as we go to our orthopedic clinic phone line where we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Kind enough to spend some more time with us on this Tuesday. And Ferg, as always, we appreciate the time. How are things in your world today? I'm all right. How are you all? Doing very well. And, of course, I got to start with Auburn basketball and, and how – Things transpired on Saturday against Kentucky, had uh, everything uh, in terms of energy and college game day, and then the game came, and it was the complete opposite of how Auburn played against South Carolina on Wednesday. What did you see go wrong for the Tigers there? That's a combination of things. Number one, I thought Kentucky played a really good game, especially on defense. We haven't seen Kentucky really play that level of defense this season. Um, I think they really got after Auburn's guards, made it hard for them to you know, get the ball inside to um, you know, Janai Broom and Jalen Williams, and Auburn was kind of out of sync from there uh, because of that. So credit needs to go to Kentucky, but also Auburn didn't execute as sharply as they had a few days earlier. Missed a lot of open shots. Um, just really, really good looks that just didn't fall for them in this game. And it was kind of an outlier performance. When you see Auburn, you don't see them shoot this badly at home. And it had been um, a very, very long time. I think it had been you know, something along the lines of like six years, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, actually, I think it was eight years uh, since Auburn had shot that low of a field goal percentage at home. So, I mean, you're talking about something that just doesn't happen. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was a combination of Kentucky doing a really good job with Auburn's defense, really hitting them where they hurt. Um, you know, Auburn's point guards uh, did not play very well in this game, really got affected by the defense that threw everything off. And then Auburn just missed open shots that they usually hit uh, at home. And when you combine both of those things, it just kind of takes the wind out of you uh, as an offense. And, of course, the Jalen Williams injury, right around the time where Auburn was making a push, just really, uh, I think, just killed Auburn's chances of making a comeback. So, um, yeah, it was just a really poor offensive game for a number of reasons, some of Auburn's own making, some of Kentucky's making. Uh, I thought Auburn's defense was pretty good. Um, got a ton of opportunities to I mean when you hold a team like Kentucky to 70 points uh, and you hold some of their big time players down that should be enough to win at home Uh, unfortunately Auburn could not take advantage of that defense with their own offense made too many mistakes in transition you know it was just just an unclean game there on that end of the floor Uh, and that's why it was it was a tough loss Justin, early in that game, uh, you know, Kentucky came out firing, and it wasn't like they were just they they were dominating the the floor. It was uh, they came out, and they were just running their offense. Do you think that Auburn on on offense they were trying for to to blow the lid off of Neville Arena, and, and that's what kind of got them behind before they settled in? I think some of the fast break stuff they were trying to do, where they turned the ball over and they were doing a little too much. I think that was part of that, um, and you know, kind of gave them a. Hard time. I mean, Auburn needed to force turnovers, and like Kentucky doesn't turn the ball over a lot. They are a team that uh, takes care of it. And, and so, when you get opportunities to turn your defense and the offense, you got to take advantage of them. I think Auburn never did. Kind of got them out of sync uh, early on uh, because of that. And then, 
Yeah, I mean, I think guys, you know, in the half court, um, Auburn was taking a lot of jumpers, and it's not bad they were taking a lot of jumpers, although I think that's kind of where Kentucky wanted, wanted, wanted them to do, especially with Trey Mitchell out of the game for them up front. They just weren't going down, and it felt like Auburn just kind of kept trying to will that kill shot uh, out there, and it never really happened. Um, and yeah, and Kentucky's, Kentucky's one of the best offenses in America. Um, you know, Antonio Reeves is a guy that hits a ton of floaters and, you know, is a big guard. It was kind of tough for Auburn to kind of hang with him, especially with, like, Trey Donaldson in foul trouble, and that kind of affected the whole rotation, and Auburn kind of got out of whack with that. Should have mentioned that earlier. I think the, the foul trouble really threw Auburn off as well uh, in this game because their rotations were were kind of crazy even before Chad baker Mazzara had his injury scare and, and of course, Jalen you know, Williams leaving the game early. So I think, yeah, just you kind of got out of sync, and Kentucky just played very solidly, played their game, and, and you know, played played to their talent level. This is team's got four or five stars on it, and a guy like Reeves who's played a lot of good college basketball in his career. Um, I think Kentucky finally played up to their potential. Meanwhile, Auburn had an off game, and when you combine those two things, it, 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 you know it's hard to it's hard to win. And Justin, of course, you mentioned there at the end of the game, the more significant of the two injuries is as Chad Baker Mazzara did return, but Jalen Williams did not. And uh, initial fear that it would be very significant. Of course, uh, Auburn ruling on Sunday that it would not be season end, uh, ending. What do we know about the timetable for him? And uh, assuming he does at least miss a game or two, uh, who will need to step up in his absence? Yeah, it was a big surprise. I mean, I think a lot of people were very concerned uh, on Saturday night. It, it did not look good at first. And then, um, you know, the MRI comes through and it, and it turns out that, hey, it's something that he can come back from. It's not anything that you're going to have to, like, go under the knife for uh, right now. So, um, you know, I don't know an exact timetable. Uh, I believe John Rothstein reported at one point it was kind of like a, a couple of weeks I think if Auburn could get him back before the end of the regular season, let him have senior day against Georgia uh, here in a few weeks, I think that would be the perfect you know time. If they can get him back earlier than that, great. But I think if you can get him out there, let him get his feet wet again, you know, um, get back into a group before you go to Nashville for the SEC tournament, I think that's the best-case scenario uh, for Auburn here. We'll see. I, I will say – it does not seem like this injury was anywhere near as serious as we thought it was going to be initially. Bruce Pearl talked about that yesterday in Birmingham. Um, but, you know, he said that, you know, they're very fortunate and they're very grateful that and thankful that, you know, Jalen was not as bad as they thought. And, um, you know, I, I think we'll see Jalen Williams, you know, sometime at the, by the end of the season. I think that's, I think, you know, that's a, I, I don't want to say a guarantee because, you know, everything can happen and, recovery and all that but the thing is the timeline looks pretty good for him to make a return um what do they do in the meantime well i wrote a lot about that yesterday uh, at the observer i think you're gonna see a lot more cheney johnson which i think is cheney johnson to me if you look at his numbers he's ready to go i think defensively and rebounding wise i think he can definitely fill in for williams and do it admirably at that at that power forward spot it's going to be the offense so you're going to need other guys to step up on offense um chad baker mazar is the one that you clearly see as a guy that probably needs to take some more shots take a little bit more of that playmaking role and kind of help out that group chad baker mazar and cheney johnson when they play together this year it's been a really really good combo so I, i'm looking to see probably some more of that here moving forward um i think you're going to see a little bit more chris moore uh i think you're going to see uh him probably have to moonlight some of power forward Again, not a guy who's going to give you a ton of offense, but rebounding the defense, the hustle, that kind of stuff. So 
you're going to need your guards to step up around him on offense. You're going to need Janai Broom, I think, uh, to carry more of the load, although he has been playing really well, even in defeat here recently. I think the guys at Auburn is going to want to push in there into the starting lineup or you know, into the main rotation. Those guys are going to have to need some help. They're just going to need some help on offense. Um, and so you can see some things like you know, Denver Jones probably playing at a three, probably run a three-guard backcourt at times. Maybe see Janai Broom and uh, Dylan Carwell play together at points. I think that's an opportunity you could see. Maybe you could see a small ball lineup, uh, you know, where you play a small forward at the four and try to run and gun that way. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of mix and match to make the most of it. But I think the bottom line is, I think defensively and in terms of rebounding, I think Auburn's going to be fine. It's the offense of Jalen Williams that you're really going to miss. And the only way you're going to be able to replace that is other guys have to step up. And I think it's your guards, especially, need to need to carry that, the bulk of that load. Justin, uh, last Saturday we, we saw Auburn get dominated on the road at Kentucky or at, at Florida, and then came home and, and had this this performance against Kentucky. Are these two performances something that Auburn fans should worry about when it comes to playing these kind of caliber opponents in March? Meaning, meaning like Florida and, and, and Kentucky, yeah, like, like those kind that, of teams, like they're yeah, like those kind of caliber of teams, like the, those are the type of teams you're going to see when you get to the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely in a second round or you know further on scenario, I think I think Florida was a bad matchup for Auburn, you know, or I should say a, a non-ideal matchup for Auburn uh, because they're really good and physical in the front court and they've got good guard play. I think Kentucky not as great in the front court, um, uh, but you know their guards are really really good as well. And I think Auburn, I, you know, I think their loss to Florida was kind of more of hey bad matchup, short rest on the road against a well-rested team. It was, a, it was a bad recipe to begin with. Kentucky game more, but you didn't play very well. The other team played a little bit better. So, I, you know, I, I think this Auburn team, when they're at their ceiling, when they're at their peak, they're really, really good. I mean, the fact that Alabama continues to lead the SEC race and Auburn, you know, blew them out at home, I think shows you what they can do blowing out South Carolina like they did is, a, is another great sign. And they've beaten some good teams this season. Um, taking it on the road, I think it's just – the postseason is just matchup-based, really, to me. I mean, I think there are some teams that Auburn could square off with, you know, in the second round of the tournament or a second weekend or up in up in Nashville, and I think they would be tougher matchups. And there are some highly ranked teams that I think Auburn favors very, very well against, um, and we've seen some of that kind of happen this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I, again, I think the Florida game, kind of more of a matchup issue um, that kind of went awry there. Kentucky, that's a talented team that played well, and you didn't play as well, so... You know, I think for Auburn, if you're an Auburn fan, like I, I wouldn't worry about it just because postseason basketball is so crazy. It's just a one-off thing. Like you have one shot, and if you lose, you're done. We've seen really, really good teams go down. We've seen teams that weren't so. Like I, I think about the Final Four team for Auburn, how nobody was really believing in them until the very end of that season. So it's kind of hard to project out. I do think this team, though, for Auburn. They're balanced enough and they're talented enough and they play well enough um, that their ceiling is as good as you can get pretty much anywhere in college basketball. It's just a matter of you know, getting that a little bit more frequently, I think, is the big thing. And, and matchups matter in that, in that case. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call and Ferg. Let's look at football for a moment because spring practice, of course, is starting next Tuesday. What are some storylines that you're following heading into the spring? Yeah, of course, it's going to be the quarterback battle, or if there is going to be a quarterback battle. It does seem like Hugh Freeze, you know, said after the 
bowl game that you got to consider to be open. You bring in Walker White, um, you know, with all his, you know, accolades coming out of high school. He'll come in. Peyton Thorne's still here. You know, Hank Brown, here, Olden Garner. Be interesting to see how Auburn handles the quarterback situation. I'm not expecting anybody to come out and say, hey, this is it. This is our guy or anything like that, you know, by the end of spring ball. But I think you're going to learn a lot about these guys. How much does Thorne improve? You know, with maybe some pieces like Cam Coleman and, you know, Bryce Kane, Robert Lewis, um, you know, some of the weapons they have next to him, a little bit more experienced offensive line, running back room and all that. How much does he improve? How much do these young guys really push him? Obviously, these young guys have a shot, you know, kind of maybe unseat him as the starter. That's obviously the biggest storyline. This is a really big, the other one is, you know, this is a really big freshman class that came in um, with some really talented guys that are early enrollees. Not all of them are here. Um, but, you know, Cam Coleman, Walker White, uh, DeMarcus Rick, Javante Waller, Morris Williams, like some of the very best players Auburn signed in this class. A lot of them really are enrolled early, um, you know, for 2012. I think that's huge because I think Auburn, if Auburn wants to take a step forward this season on the field, they need some of these young guys to contribute right away. So getting those guys out there, getting their feet wet, getting them developed already in spring ball is going to be big. On the defensive side, you know, the big storyline for me is just how much different does this look? Um, you've got a rebuilding defensive front. You got some new faces there. You lost some key guys. Um, you know, you've got a new coaching staff. For the most part, you've got so you know, you've got several new pieces over on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you lost a lot in the secondary. You know, obviously, you've got some new pieces that you really want to fit in on the edge and a linebacker. So, there's a lot of moving parts to that defense. I think we're going to learn a lot about them in the spring, just kind of how this is going to look and how it kind of deploys, um, you know, here in, in the fall. So it's a ton of intrigue. It's a, it's a ton of storylines. And a lot of it, I think, centers around who's new and how much can they make those quick impacts, both as players, but also as, you know, some of these new coaches. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. Ferg, as always, we appreciate the time. What can our listeners find at the Observer in the next, uh, next few days? Yeah, you can check out a uh, story I did today on the Observer where I took uh, the SP Plus projections from ESPN and projected the full season for Auburn, just an early look at who they've got to play, where they stack up, where the numbers say, what what should the expectations be for the Tigers in 2024. So you check that out. Yesterday I did a story on um, just what Auburn's going to do while Jalen Williams is out. You can check that out as well. Tomorrow I'm going to do a story of players to watch in spring practice next week. Um, so you're going to want to see that. Uh, mailbag, we're doing mailbag a day early this week. It's going to be on Thursday instead of Friday just because of some scheduling stuff with basketball. So that'll come out on Thursday. We'll preview the Auburn-Georgia game uh, on Friday with our buddy Jordan Hill uh, of Dogs 247. I'll be in Athens this weekend. We'll have you know full coverage of that as the Tigers get ready uh, for their trip to uh, face the Bulldogs and get back you know get back going here on the stretch run. So ton of stuff going on, AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year. Sign up. We email everything straight to you. So check it out. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. Again, Ferg, as always, we certainly appreciate the time, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Yeah, appreciate you guys.